Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Happy New Year. We are in a brand new church year. So again, Happy New Year. I know we have no fireworks for that because we don't need it. But, but this is the second Sunday of Advent, so it is the second Sunday in the new church year. Um, and as we make our way to celebrate the birth of Christ in a few weeks, all of our Advent worship services, both Sunday and Wednesday, will lead us to that. We're continuing our series um, beyond or Be Born in Us Today, and we carry the same series on Wednesday, for, but from a whole different perspective. So we invite you to join us Wednesday night for, for supper at 530 and then 7 o'clock worship also. It is good to be back. Um, I missed you all. You don't have to say you missed me too. That's okay. Um, um, oh, you missed me too. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we made it safely. Thank you for all your prayers while we were gone. We appreciate that. And um, as always, we pray and hope that as we, we gather together as a family of Christ here at Trinity and, and through our worship service, we, we hear and we feel Christ's um, presence in our life through, through the, the hymns that we sing, the songs that we sing, most certainly through the body and blood of Christ that we receive a little bit later this morning, and I pray also through the sermon. This morning, we're going to open up with uh, the hymn, On the Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cry, and when we get to the verse 5, that'll be the final verse, would you all please rise? Please rise.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We light the second candle on the Advent wreath to celebrate the renewal of our lives through faith in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul writes, We were buried, therefore, with Christ by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let us confess our sins to God and ask for his forgiveness. Almighty God, God had mercy on us and sent his son to be our savior. Jesus took our sins unto himself and suffered and died on the cross for us. I announce to you that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, when the time was right, you fulfilled your promise and sent your Son to be our Savior. Even his holy name, Jesus, means that he came to save his people from their sins. Through faith in our crucified and risen Lord, we have forgiveness for our sins and the gift of eternal life. We are buried with him in baptism and raised to walk with him in newness of life. Help us in that new life, to walk in love as Jesus did, and to serve you by serving others. When we grow faint and weary in our walk of faith, lift us up and renew our strength in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear our prayer and accept our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We sing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
Please be seated. Would our children come up for the chosen message this morning? I know, I confuse you. It's in a different place than normally, but that's okay. Hey, Joseph. It's nice to be welcomed by the children, you know. <laughs> Reminds us of last night on the float, we're all out there waving. Like that, so. so how many of you guys like to run around? All of you run around? So, how, so in the summertime, when it's really hot and ready, how do you feel when you've been playing outside and running? Do you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm really great? Or do you feel kind of tired and hot and maybe even sweaty? You guys don't sweat, do you? Do you? They all sweat. So do I. So what do you do when you're really, really hot outside and you've been playing really hard? How do you, you drink water. Absolutely. And probably a lot of water. And you might, if you're me, because I get so hot, I just kind of pour it over my head, too. And kind of cool off real quick. They do that, too? Yeah. Because yeah, it kind of refreshes you. How about, do you guys ever have, like, eat, like, energy bars or things like that to, Give you a little bit more energy so you can go out and play. Or maybe it's a cookie instead of a nice, healthy energy bar. You do? A lot? Protein bars. Those work really great. Daddy's not barring. Come on, Dad. (laughs) He he just threw you under the bus. (laughs) So now I've got another question. How do you live your life in faith for Jesus. You want know, you know what it means to have faith in Jesus? It's to believe in Jesus, right, as, as your Lord and as your Savior. So how do you, or what do you do to show that you believe in Jesus? I'll come down to you guys' level. You can help me up there. Huh? Do you do anything? Do you, like, maybe show caring for other people? Love for other people? Yeah? You know, help somebody who needs help, right? And if they ask, well, why are you doing this? Because it's, Jesus would have me do it. Because I love Jesus as my God, right? Yeah? Make sense? Yes. Is it easy to do that? No? It should be, but you're right. It's not easy to do that. Because sometimes we'd have no clue what the other person is going to say if we tried to help them. And we share, we share with them Jesus. But we still do it, don't we? Because Jesus wants us to love everybody. And here in our Advent season, as we, we come to celebrate Jesus, we're coming to prepare ourselves for the coming of the baby Jesus on Christmas morning. And where we get to celebrate not only all the surprises and family and maybe presents too, but we really get to celebrate the birth of Christ. And that's what we're working for. And as we do that, we learn maybe a little bit more of how we can share love with each other, right? Share love with all of them, moms and dads and Grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunts, but maybe even more importantly to our friends, because we might have friends who don't even know who Jesus is, and so we can share with them. Huh? When you share with them by how we treat them, 
And then we tell them about Jesus. So I've got something for you, but we're going to have to say a quick prayer. And then we're going to sing a song. While they're singing a song, I'm going to give you guys each something. Okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins and refresh me with your love so that I can serve you. Amen. Let's sing Jesus Messiah.
Good morning. Our Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, 
which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We sing, What Child Is This?
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text from today is the Old Testament lesson from the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, specifically verses 28 to 31, which Vicki read for us a little while ago. So many of us, I for one, love the Christmas carol, O Holy Night. It was first written in 1843 by a French poet, and the lyrics were translated into English a few years later by an American pastor. The carol's initial popularity, and you may have not known this, was traced back to the third stanza, um, which was cherished by abolitionists in the United States, fighting for their freedom of African-American slaves. The line read this way, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. These days, today, the carol may be appreciated still for another reason. It's recognition of the incredibly weary world that you and I live in. The first stanza puts it this way. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for your yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. It's tough not to sing that as I read that. But you're happy I'm not singing it. So this carol, though, what it does, is it looks at the world, and it sees our world as a very, very weary place. Um, and it, and, but it also sees that, that the world although it's weary, is thrilled by the hope of the end to a long, long, tiring life of unrelenting sin and error. O Holy Night doesn't stand alone in its recognition of a weary world. Um, in the hymn, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, which was written in 1849, it describes the song of the Christmas angels floating over a very weary world. Stanza 2 says, Still through the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats over all the weary world. So with a cue from the carols, let me ask you a question. You knew it was coming, right? Are you weary? I am. I'm tired. And not because of the three weeks that we just drove back east and back. Well, maybe that's part of it. I'm weary. Because of our world. I'm weary because of the craziness, the sin, the sin that's in me. Sorry, guys, the sin that's in all of you. Mostly more important because of all the sin that's out there. And and I just get tired of looking at it all and, and how do we handle that? So I'm weary. I'm exhausted. I'm fatigued. And Maybe you feel the same way I do. And, and I wonder even, will the song of the angels this Christmas, will it float across a weary me, a weary you? Do you maybe find yourself in the middle or in between waiting for a resolution or a reconciliation or a vindication or at least a change, but with none in sight? Maybe some of you are going through that right now. So there's a bunch of questions in there, but let me ask you this question and and ponder this. What has you weary? When you go home today, sit down and think about that. What is making you weary right now? 
are, are there weary circumstances in your life? Is it simply because you're old? No criticism there. I'm old too. You know, um, maybe you're going through an illness. Maybe you're having troubles with relationships. Maybe your job is going crazy. Um, I think most of you know I'm a J.R.R. Tolkien fan and love the Fellowship of the Ring books and stuff. And in that, you, you might recall, if you're familiar with it, there's a hobbit by the name of Bilbo Baggins. And he says to Gandalf, Gandalf was the, the, the gray and then the white wizard, he says, I am old, Gandalf. I don't look it, but I am beginning to feel it in my heart of hearts. Well-preserved indeed. You have to know Bilbo Baggins for that. While I feel all thin, sort of stretched, if you know what I mean, like butter that has been scraped over too much bread. That can't be right. I need change or something. So do you feel stretched thin to the end of your rope? Are you winded or exhausted from a pace that has, that you, has you spent physically and emotionally? Have you just about given up hope that we can solve any of our big problems? The economy, war, sickness, tribalism, racism, immigration. It's all too much. This marathon, our life has become. There are many ways to go when we are weary. Isaiah counsels that with the Lord's strength, you and I can soar like eagles. Wouldn't you love to be able to do that? It, one of the most beautiful sights is to go out on, out on the lake and see one of those bald eagles fly by, and they just soar. I'd love to be on their back and just soar right along with them. Yet, weary people are often difficult people, right? Oh, come on, be honest. Is Jane here? Where are you, Jane? Yeah. When I'm weary, I'm difficult. I'll admit it, okay? Yeah? And, and, and Jane knows how to deal with me, so that's a good thing. We can live with despair, we can complain, and we can blame. There's an old proverb, maybe you know it. It says, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> I didn't write that. Right? When we get weary, we may not see the needs of those around us. Or even the opportunity that's laid right before our eyes. In each of us, there is a struggle between weariness and being strong in the Lord. And one aspect of the, the saint and sinner paradox that we all have and is the American poet Carl Sandburg, maybe you know him, is, wrote this. He says, there is an eagle in me that wants to soar. And there is a hippopotamus in me that wants to wallow in the mud. I wish I came up with that. It is great. The text from Isaiah is for the willowing or wallowing hippo in you and me. Weary is all over that text. Isaiah first uses the word to say that God does not faint or grow weary. That's good news for us. The one running the universe, Isaiah says, does not fatigue. You, you, would, you would, I would, if I were God. But thank God you and I are not God. With all God has to do and to be, you'd expect God would get weary at some point in time. I mean, God has always been and will always be God. 
That's a long marathon of divine responsibilities with some very high expectations. And Isaiah reminds us that God never feels, how did Bilbo say it? All thin, sort of stretched like butter that has been scraped over too much bread. In fact, God says in Isaiah that he gives the power to the faint, that's you and me, and increases the strength in those with no strength, that's you and me, and in the long history of God and humanity, God has always been the strength for the weary. Again, that's for you and me. He's been that second win, that third win for all those who are ready to simply fall. Do you see where we're going here? Isaiah spoke words of comfort. Comfort to people who are weary and have been weary for a long, long time waiting for a Messiah to come. He spoke to chosen people who were losing their sense of being chosen. Isaiah's comfort speech was for those who forgot the chapter in their history that was entitled The Exodus, and those who spent decades as exiles in a strange land. Today, Isaiah's comfort reaches any of us who want to follow Jesus but find ourselves weak and weary. He doesn't bellow like an NFL coach, brace up, lean into it, dig deep, boys. Don't go soft on me now. That's not what Isaiah says, and that's not what God says. He doesn't say, be strong. He doesn't even say, be courageous. What Isaiah does, though, is he brings the remembrance of God who has always been there for those who are weary. He says, have you not known Have you not heard? To put it another way, Isaiah simply says, don't you remember? Have you forgotten? Isaiah is is a, and this is not really a real word, but a a remembrancer, added ER to it to make it, that's what he is. He he remembers things, right? And historically, kings and people like Isaiah, have people like Isaiah in their court that would remind the king of things that had happened, those significant past events. so that they would be on top of everything. So what we have in our text this morning, I believe, is a, is a speech from someone who remembers, a comfort speech, turning you and me from our weariness to remember a tireless and all-wise and all-powerful God. Isaiah has us, you and me, remember who God really is, and what God is like. He says these words in verse 20 and 29, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases his strength. That's verses 28 and 29. But more than this, Isaiah turns us to God, to a God who offers divine strength to replace your weariness and mine. There is a wonderful exchange here that some some of you may have actually experienced personally. The exchange is your weakness for the Lord's strength. Isaiah puts it this way. He says, he gives, he being God, power to to the faint. Again, you and me. And to him who has no might, 
he increases their strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's verses 29 to 31. So who doesn't want to soar like an eagle? Nice. Wait. We've got to talk to our head elder. His hand went up. All right, Merle. We'll, we'll talk later. No, but right? wouldn't you just love to soar like an eagle? I would. And I would be really excited about that. When I was about seven years old, roughly, it might have been eight, but around that time, a, a friend of mine wanted to fly. And he was so taken by the, the idea of flying that he climbed up to the balcony on his house and he dived straight to the ground. He learned real quick. Uh, he could not fly. He, he was hurt, but not real bad. You know, he had a harder head than me, I guess. Um, like eagles, Jesus says, they shall mount up on wings. The image presents an eagle ascending well beyond expected boundaries. And eagles do that. Do you know they can fly at altitudes of 10,000, 15,000 feet? That's incredible. It's an amazing image. It's, and it's a new image, I think, for us to picture the picture of an ascending eagle. When God brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt, God said this in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. He said, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Isaiah, no doubt, is doing some remembrance here. Our God has a history of taking the weary and putting them us, us, like eagle-like flight. And for us on this side of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has exchanged our long weariness of sin and error for a thrilling hope that rejoices in the strength of Christ to overcome sin, to overcome death, and a very, very weary world. This is the God that you and I know, the God that you and I trust. In one of his letters, the Apostle Paul remembered how in the weakest moments, God's strength had come through. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 20. Remember these words. When I am weak, Paul wrote, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Only someone acquainted with the exchange of the Lord's strength for our weariness can actually say those words. At the front of many churches, um, there is a replica of a sculpture, sculpture by Bertels, and I cannot pronounce his last name, and it's called Christus Consolator, Christ the Counselor. And the, the, you have Christ there with extended hands. His hands have the wounds of nails. And um, it's, most often it's a life-size uh, statue. And... Um, and standing before this image of Christ, if you, just, if you see it in front of a church, and you just stand there and you listen, I, I, I think you'd hear the words of Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight, which simply says, from Christ, come to me, all you that are weary, all you who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Rest for the weary, strength for the weary, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. 
And so we simply pray today these words. Jesus, be born in us today. Amen. Let us sing angels we have heard on high. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Let us pray. Lord and Savior, hear our prayers on behalf of those who are suffering through illness and enduring grief and loss. Especially this morning, we lift up Audrey Strait and Jean Stoltz, the family of Mike Corby, uh, Barbara Freitas, and the family of Joe Simmons, 
and, and Margaret Abbott-Bachia. Renew and strengthen them in faith tw- through the promises of your holy word. Holy child of Bethlehem, be born. Lord and Savior, in baptism we were united to you in, in your death, buried with you and raised to new life. Through faith in your name we have forgiveness and eternal life. Holy child of Bethlehem. Lord and Savior, you are ever watchful and caring. And you are present with us at all times. When we grow faint and weary in faith, forgive us and renew us according to the promises of your word. Holy child of Bethlehem. Holy Savior, Lord of all nations, hear our prayer and accept our grateful praise. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your heart. Lift up the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Lord our God. For you have not only promised us eternal life with you, but have also bestowed on us the gift of faith, by which we can trust that by his death and resurrection, Your son has fulfilled all your promises, opening heaven to all who call on him for mercy and forgiveness. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. O oh Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray, Our Father. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Please be seated.
Just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, Come to the table, come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be. Come to the table. Come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. There's no one who welcome here. So that sin and shame that you brought with you.
Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Amen. Please be seated. Have any announcements this morning? Come up. The Christmas parade was wonderful. Thank you, Isla, for putting it all together. And yeah, it was nice. And then on Tuesday, uh, 37 of us went to the movies and saw It's Christmas Again, and it was sweet. It wasn't spectacular, but it was really, really sweet. Um, and then we have the Christmas dinner coming up, so please sign in for food. And on Friday, the 9th of December, we need people to move tables and set up tables and chairs at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then we're decorating at 9, and then guess what? It all has to be put away after the party. (laughs) That's the yucky part. But maybe some of us will hang out and do the yucky part, too. So um, thank you. As I was coming into church this morning, I found something gold and shiny out on the sidewalk. <laughs> Good job. Well done. Dave? She didn't even have to finish her sentence. Found it. Uh, this morning, right after we depart from here, uh, Linda Aiello, she'll be in the coffee shop and she'll be selling script this morning. For any of those of you that are watching online, uh, you can call in on Tuesday after 9 o'clock and you can touch base with Donna uh, when she comes in if you need to order some script. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Carrie sent me a note from beautiful Hawaii. I said, why can't you be here? I'm in Hawaii. Um, our, uh, our family that we support uh, at FaithWorks, uh, they, they graduated from the system, which has mean that they were there two years. They went through all the classes and all the programs, and they ha- have jobs and or going back to school. And they get to, in that graduation, they get to leave the, the apartment that we furnished um, for them in FaithWorks, uh, and they get to take all the furniture with them which is great, so they don't have to refurnish their new apartment or, or house wherever they're, wherever they're living. Uh, delightful family. They actually came down and they helped at the Harvest Festival with the cleanup uh, and their kids. It was really funny seeing kids try to carry help, big hay barrel bells, but they thought they could do it. We helped them. So. Um, but we have a new family moving in later this month, and so uh, Carrie's going to send some stuff. We'll get it out in the messenger for you all. Um, to see whether anybody has furniture they wanted to give away. And, and we may have all the stuff. Carrie has to do the inventory already because we've um, collected some over, the, over this, this past year and stuff. But if you have furniture, um, kitchenware, all those kind of things, uh, just come by, come by the church or give a, we'll, we'll give you Carrie's contact um, and you can see whether we need that or not. And then uh, I think it's the 15th or thereabouts that we are planning to furnish it at the house. All the cleanups have been done. So watch for that note and say, hi, we need help putting the furniture in place, too. And if you're available and can help, that will be great. Um, If I could see um, 
as soon as we say, let's go in peace, um, the junior high, high school youth and their uh, family up here real quick. I promise it'll be real quick. Um, Bible study, Romans, is still going on. So please, you can join us there. Have coffee and there's cookies and I think other sweets out there. Uh, it is great to be back, um, especially as we celebrate or prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ. Um, Christmas Eve is, is a 7 o'clock worship service. Christmas morning is 10 o'clock. And uh, come to both because they're a little bit different. So we look forward to see you. Come Wednesday night, 5.30 for supper and 7 o'clock for um, our worship service. And we're doing it a little bit different um, style, and, and it's, uh, you'll have to guess where I'm going to stand Wednesday compared to where I stood last Wednesday. It'll be a different place. I see those looks. What is he talking about? Wait till the last one. Adam. So you've got to come for the last one. But we, as we look at the same theme, but we look at it from a different perspective, I also give you all a project to take home with you and, uh, and some questions to dialogue at your house. So come, join us for that too. Let's go in peace. Let's serve the Lord. Let's share Jesus Christ with everybody. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's go in peace. High school youth, junior high. Peace.